Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Gridiron Blitz right here on TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, Google Cast, Player FM, and on the largest platform in podcasts, iHeartRadio, and as always on Block Talk Radio. Your host, Oscar Lopez here at Gridiron Blitz 293. I want to apologize for last week. We had some technical issues with Block Talk Radio, but we're all back up and running. And today in the No Joke Football Huddle, we are going to chat with Andrea Douglas, of former uh, historic owner of the New York uh, Sharks talking about her new book, Black and Blue. Um, we kind of dive into that. That's a great book. Pick it up on Amazon. Uh, it's about $18. You can get uh, Amazon Prime. You get it in about a day or two. So check it out. And uh, we're going to be talking to her about the journey um, between her, uh, her historic journey and sort of a uh, book that tells um, of a character that is sort of in her journey as well. But it's an intriguing book, and we will sit down and talk to her about it. Uh, we have a lot of uh, news to get to with the NFL today. We should have McKenzie here in about an hour, so we're going to be talking college football plus NFL Week 5, Week 6, which we missed last week of the show. And then we'll dive into the women's gridiron news uh, from Costa Rica, Brazil, uh, Czech Republic, gridiron Victoria, uh, gridiron New South Wales, and gridiron Queensland on a bye this week. And then we're going to kind of chat about the WFLL, uh, WFL All-Star that happened in uh, Saltillo and our uh, Noja football athlete, Anna Garza, was present there at the WFL All-Star in Mexico. So we'll dive into that as well. Uh, so a lot of things happening. If you don't know what's going on, uh, if you need to know what's going on, you go to the number one resource, and that's at the hub at facebook.com forward slash Gridiron Beauties. Check it out. Uh, inspiring stories, uh, recaps, a lot of the game video, plus uh, amazing photographers that supply stuff for us there. So go to the number one resource there, uh, covering everything Women's American Football International as well as domestic, and that's the uh, Facebook forward slash Grit Iron Beauty. So check it out there. Uh, we also have a deal going on, 15% off at Zazzle.com, 15% off at Zazzle.com. Get the new new modern logo that we just upgraded about a week ago. Very excited to have a new line um, represented there. And you go to Zazzle.com. If you're international in Europe, I really want to thank everybody in Europe that has purchased stuff from us. If you go to Europe, um, you go to the uh, Zazzle.com site, and you go right down to the uh, tab, and it says International Sites, and you choose your international site, and there's always daily specials there as well. So you can get 15% off at Zazzle.com for slash Grand Beauties. Uh, you can use the code Zazzle Thanks and you get the 15% off. So help us uh, support that. Zazzle has been our sponsor for six years. Um, we can't be more happy with them. They have international reach as well as international currency, conversion, everything else that we would have to do on our own. And um, they do it all for us. So go to Zazzle.com for us, Beauties, and get some gear at with the code Zazzle Thanks. Also, we have a promo going on through the NFL season between now and week 16. If you go to the Facebook page, uh, 15% off NFL, uh, you can get 15%, I'm sorry, $15 to play FanDuel uh, during the NFL season. All right, let me get that off right. Uh, $15, 
and you get to play NFL fan, uh, FanDuel uh, weekly. And once you register there, there's a cool place. You can do up to 25 cents, $2, a dollar, $10 on the bigger pools. Um, so you can check it out and see if you can win some cash as well and playing with your favorite players on FanDuel. So $15 on us. Go to the FanDuel uh, tab right there on the Facebook page and check it out. Uh, the NFL has two undefeated teams right now. We have the Patriots left, and we have the uh, Niners. And Holly is totally stoked. Holly, uh, Holly was at Levi Stadium this weekend. Got to see the Monday night route of the um, bad Baker Mayfield showing <laughs> of the Browns. Um, I don't know what to say. Uh, I mean, that was just a horrible outing by the Browns. And given that they've only scored, I think, six points out of Ohio, that doesn't boast well for them in terms of a road team. So uh, this next week, they're, uh, I believe they're at home, and they've played a lot better at home than they've played on the road. So kind of a, a horrible outing, a great outing for the Niners, given obviously their talented um, defense, including Boza, who just lights out against the Browns. And uh, the Browns just look very anemic. They look almost as, I mean, any high school team could have beaten them yesterday, the way they were looking. And uh, everybody was crawling on Twitter because uh, Baker Mayfield basically scored zero points on uh, Daily Fantasy Sports, on any Daily Fantasy Sports, just zero points. Uh, that was just a horrible outing by the Browns. So um, I don't know what's going to happen there, but the Monday Night Football is just not a good showing. Uh, but if you're a Niner fan, obviously you like Holly. It was an amazing, amazing night for you. Um, Dallas, New Orleans as well. Uh, Bridgewater comes through and t- takes care of the Cowboys. Uh, the Rams fall to the Seahawks on Thursday night by one point, which was a bad game to watch for me because we had opportunities to punch it in and, and win this big road win. Now we fall. We get the Niners next week. Uh, the story is going to be a little different there. But uh, overall, that's the uh, week that happened in the NFL. Um, the power rankings obviously have New England. Um, their passing game has struggled lately, but overall they get it done. Uh, 12 points against the Redskins. Um, and so Washington, in a uh, they beat Washington 33-7. Um, Troy's not here to talk about Washington because he probably doesn't want to talk about Washington. But the Redskins – fired uh, its head coach right after the game and the Patriots are five and zero with um, going up against the giants and the jets. And those should be easy wins for new England based on their potential and what they've been playing lately. And they've been playing really good ball also, but it'll be a big test for defense against the giants and the jets. The saints are now three and zero without drew Brees um, with uh, Terry bridge, uh, Terry uh, Bridgewater. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater. And Teddy's been playing really good. The difference in this win, um, Bridgewater was a major factor against the Bucs. The backup quarterback threw for 314 yards and four touchdowns, outplaying um, James uh, James Winston in a 31-24 victory at the Superdome. So there is a a good sign for Saints fans because when uh, Drew Brees went down, everybody was, like, panicking thinking, okay, well, this is going to be the end for us, and it looks like we're riding the sail. Uh, if Brees comes back before the playoffs at this point, which is anticipated to, to happen, you got a durable, uh, obviously, all-star and superstar in Brees, and you have the reliable Bridgewater. So St. fans really are 
in a good position right now, ranked number three overall in this week's power rankings. The Chiefs, the best offense in football, looked anything but the best offense on Sunday night, uh, managing just 13 points in an eye-opening loss to the Colts at Arrowhead. Got to give the Colts credit here. The defense has stepped up. Uh, the Colts really uh, hammered everybody on the run, forced uh, Mahomes to really throw. And uh, Mahomes aggravated an ankle injury after being stepped on by a teammate in the third quarter. The MVP uh, was noticed to be limping, and everybody at Arrowhead was probably just freaked out that this was happening. But overall, they finished the game. It looks like he's going to be okay. Uh, we imagine a lot of that depends on how quickly he heals up. But overall, I think he's, he will be fine. But a, win, a big win for the Colts with Brissett, uh, given the fact that they were panicking when Andrew Luck left. And now it seems like they're okay with that. The Niners uh, rank number four now. They slide right up, and they move up three slots from last week. Um, Nick Boza, the big difference overall. I know the offense played okay with Breida and company, but overall, uh, the number two pick obviously showed up on Monday night against the Browns, stuffing the stat sheet, two sacks, two, ta- two tackles for a loss, five quarterback hurries, a forced fumble, and a fumble recovery. And you want to talk about somebody being in uh, Baker Mayfield's face and being a terror. Uh, that was uh, Bosa. And nearly perfect performance by the 49ers, who are 4-0 for the first time since 1990 and have an NFC best plus 70 scoring differential. So talk about a turnaround on defense for the San Francisco. Last year, when uh, Garoppolo went down, ever you know it was uh, doom and gloom for the offense. But this offseason, obviously, uh, Shanahan basically decided to retool on defense, and here we are. The performances so far on defense are there. So it's the Niners' biggest game uh, since Jim Harbaugh was a, a head coach. So we're looking at a a rise of a team that is coming together on defense. Uh, on offense, they played well against the Browns. We will see how well they play against a higher-level team like the Rams, and we'll see how the Rams play against this uh, massive, great, improved defense of the Niners. So we'll talk about that next week. But overall, this is a great win for San Francisco. They put themselves in first in the NFC West. So they have an opportunity right now to own that division Seattle uh, neck and neck and the Rams have now now they have to basically step up so the blowout of the Browns sets up a week six matchup against the defending champs in the NFC which is the Rams and we'll see the class the California battles north and south and we'll come up we'll see how the girly factor if any happens Goff has been throwing a lot of passes it's a worrisome state for me too because you're looking at uh, 37 47 almost 57 passes, and the run game is anemic. And the defense is uh, having some dinks as well. So San Francisco on the road in the Coliseum in Los Angeles, this could be a big win for them coming off this Monday night uh, bashing of the Browns. The Packers uh, have Aaron Jones, the running back, scored four touchdowns, piled up 182 yards of total offense, led the Packers to an impressive 34-24 34-24 win over the Cowboys. Aaron Rodgers now 4-0 in his career at, um, at you know, against the Cowboys. Uh, it seemed that the Packers would struggle to move the ball without Devontae Adams, the only team proven receiver threat, but it didn't seem that way because 
leading the way was obviously Aaron Aaron Jones. Uh, moving the ball effectively minus Adams constitutes a major step for LaFleur's offense, even if it, there seem to be moments where Green Bay isn't as good. There's nothing more fun um, right now in Packerland, the fact that they're winning and they're back on track. So that's a good sign for them. That moves them into top number five. You get the Eagles creeping at number six. Eagles cruise to a second straight win because of their defense. Uh, this was a, a fever dream for their um, coordinator, which is Schwartz. But overall, the Eagles were far less impressive on offense, managing just 265 against Greg Williams, obviously a stubborn Jets uh, defense. So um, the Eagles cruise against an, an opponent, and then we'll give the Dolphins a run for the number one pick in terms of the worst team in the league coming up next uh, next weekend. So Seattle moves into top seven at this point. The miss by Greg Sirline literally gives the Seahawks the win. Uh, couldn't convert a 44-yarder in the final seconds on Thursday night, allowing the Seahawks to escape with a 30-29 to win. Um, and just a bad game for me to watch. But overall, it's a great win for the Seahawks. And at this point, uh, you, you have to hand it off and say, Russell Wilson pretty much in the talks for MVP. Uh, I would have to agree with that. I think he has proven himself to be in that conversation. We will see exactly how that uh, pans out. But overall, this is where it's at. Seattle moves up some notches in there. Then you got followed by the Cowboys. So we'll be talking NFL in about an hour or so when Mackenzie Brooks comes in. And then we're going to talk college football as well. And then we'll rack up, uh, rack, um, wrap up with the women's gridiron news and notes um, from Brazil, Costa Rica, the Czech Republic, uh, gridiron Victoria as well. So let's go into the huddle. Sponsored by Zazzle.com. Zazzle.com forward slash Grand Breeze. That's where we want to go. Go there. Get your leggings, hoodies, T-shirts, everything else. Use the code Zazzle. Thanks for 15% off. And you get your gear. And if you're uh, subscribed to Zazzle Black for about 10 bucks. Get your gear right there real quick and real fast. So go to Zazzle.com forward slash Grand Beauties. Get your gear, the No Joke Football Shop, and uh, get hooked up. So let's go into the huddle. We're going to talk to the legendary owner, former owner, historic owner of the uh, New York Sharks, and that would be uh, Andrea Douglas coming up in, in here in the house. Andrea, how's it going? Hey, Oscar. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing great, better than last week, of course, but uh, you know how technical things go sometimes. It happens. Yeah, it happens. Um, Andrea, a great book. I have had an opportunity to uh, to read it. Maybe that's what happened, right? Maybe it was a technical glitch, and I got to get a chance to read the book for this week. There you go. Uh, but All for yeah, it was a great book, and um, thank you. You kind of portrayed it in a great light, um, Christine. Obviously. Uh, you know, with the struggles and all that, but it looks, you know, if nobody knows you, we know you, and it looks, it looks to us like this is you, right, for us. But if nobody knows you, this is a, this is a great yes. story to tell from the struggles, you know, in the deep south, in the up and coming, and everything else, and then you go into the reality base, which is basically the football side of things. So, um, how 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 uh, excited are you and pleased so far with the rollout? Uh, I, I am more than pleased. In fact, um, ESPN just picked it up and ran an excerpt uh, yesterday. Uh, I've got some great uh, press. Awesome. Um, of course, my hometown is covering me. I'm having a book signing in St. Petersburg, Florida. 
I've been on some great uh, some great shows. Uh, I'm just I'm really pleased that people are liking it and and reading it and, and getting great reviews. Yeah, I mean it's it's a great. Uh, we talked about it before. Remember a while back when you were finishing it up with it, but it's it's great uh, to have it done and completed. And tell us a little bit about Christine. How did you come up with Christine and making her the focus of the book? Well, you know, it's it is based on uh, it is like a memoir, but um, the difference mm-hmm. is that I um, the timeline isn't exactly right, and I take liberties, of course, here and there to weave the story together. And most of my characters are a combo of of people, so there's not one character that's all one person um uh, the uh, the character christine i actually named after my mother so um it is yes it is basically me but it's uh it's named after she's named after my mom so you have a kind of unique chapters in the book um uh, sharks on on a bus and you have uh going down <laughs> fast so there you know there's unique chapters that you can read um some humorous and some very emotional, you know. So uh, tell us a little bit about, you know, how the, you came about with the chapters. Well, you know, writing it, Oscar, I, I've actually been saving things. This this particular book only goes to 2002, even though I take, um, you know, snippets of um, all 20 years, and I take people mm-hmm. from all 20 years. Um, but this book actually ends in 2002, and I'm writing another one, um, which is going to end in 2018. But um, the one that ends in 2002, um, I had been actually writing and uh, saving uh, quotes and little things I'd scratched on notepads and everything. Um, I've been writing things down since flag days from 20 years ago. So um, I, I had a whole bucket full of things that uh, I, I finally got them out and spread them all out. It took me several several years really to, to weave them all together um, but that's uh, that's the story that I came up with and um, there's a lot of it that's very very true now you go from uh, Florida primarily in the beginning so tell us a little bit about the beginning of the book and how you you know started to put it together at the beginning well um, you know I just always football i played every sport imaginable but my love was football i don't know why um you know you just gravitate towards something uh, some people want to be you know singers or songwriters and i just wanted to play football but growing up in the south it, it was really hard you know plus i i grew up in the 70s 60s and 70s in the south so um it was kind of a double whammy because you know one girls weren't supposed to be to play sports and then in the south you know, they were supposed to be the little, you know, semi-southern bells, which I detested that role. So, um, you know, it was really, I, I don't want to say it was hard because I didn't know any different. But um, looking back and seeing the things that I was told and watching some of the things that, that people did, uh, which I do chronicle in the story, um, it's it's amazing how um, th- th- there's such a message to girls, especially back then, but I do believe it still exists. Not as much, thank goodness. But there's that message that you know we are second-class citizens. We we don't count as much as um, the boys. And as I, I 
did begin to get that message when I was young, and it just it just got me pissed off. I, you know, like by the time I hit high school, I was like, hey, what's going on here? Uh, yeah, because it but, kind of know, puts limits on on uh, capabilities, and really what it boils down absolutely. to, right? Because they're really like, yes, you you figure yes. it goes from academics to athletics, right, to a work yes. environment. Yeah, absolutely, it's really what you, it's yeah, really what yeah. the stage or the the era was. That's what you're ta- you're getting at. The era was that it was literally putting some limits and not really taking into account the individual. You know the individual oh, capability. A hundred percent right. A hundred percent right. And um, you know that's really frustrating. And you see, I mean, my my mom, for example, absolutely brilliant. And mm-hmm. you know she was um, she was a product of of her generations, which was even more limiting than mine. So um, it's very frustrating to see an individual held back strictly because of their gender or their race or, you know, their belief systems. It, it's just really frustrating. Now, the struggles in the book at the beginning, and then you go to a more, you know, happy state, in other words, you know, where you get opportunities, uh, you're able to move forward, and you still struggles, obviously, within within the ownership the when you acquire the team and everything else, but um, the beginning of it is basically more of yourself, or is it something that you added to Christine's story? Uh, you mean the beginning of the book? Yeah, the beginning of the book. Yeah, no, that that was um, yes, it is basically a memoir, just with the you know the liberties of timeline and and uh, mm-hmm. combining characters. So yes. Mm-hmm. Now I see uh when I open the cover I see a uh, a dedication uh to Sharon Pascal uh which I yes. I believe was a teammate of yours right from 73 she to was. 2001 Yes um Sharon was a dear friend uh and a teammate she played flag football with us since oh my gosh since the 80s or 90s now I can't even remember when I started playing but um, Sharon played flag with us, and she was just a good friend that we had all known for such a long time. I mean, the Sharks, one of the unique things about the Sharks is that we all played flag together. Most of us knew each other for years and years before we ever combined to play tackle. So, um, yes, Cheryl, Sharon was killed in a car accident on Christmas Eve of 2001. And um, it really, it really devastated us because she was a, a very good football player. She was um, a, a dear friend, and she was just kind of the the, the light of the team. She um, never ever said a bad word. She was always smiling. She was funny. She the best dancer I've ever seen in my life. I mean, Sharon was just this, you know, um, supergirl. And losing her really did knock us back on our feet, um, and that was right after 9/11 happened. So um, we got a couple sucker punches that year, and it was really hard to get going again. Yeah, and and, and that one I think was emotional in a lot of ways because when you get a player not on the football field as an injury issue, but in, you know off the field a tragedy, a lot of things you know, bring and hit home, you know what I mean? Reality hits home yeah. beyond the sport. Yeah. And I think that's the emotion, right, that happened there. Right, right, absolutely. It just, um, it, well, we 
yes, it was. We we knew her family. I mean, it was just. Uh, it made you really reevaluate what this world is all about and what we're all doing, and and um, it was a very tough time for many of us. Yeah, um, Andrea, we talked about you being in the Hall of Fame, which is a, you know a great honor in terms of the you know the professional Hall of Fame. And then your team and your legacy and everything uh, that you've done, but this this book really hits home because it kind of starts to tell people exactly what your journey was, you know, prior to all these accolades, right? It it does. It just chronicles. It, it's actually about the passion of the sport, and you know, having it since I was little, and it. But it's not just for. It's not just for girls or women or boys or men. You know, it, it's everyone who has a passion, and maybe they're told no. They're they're you know not smart enough, not tall enough, not you know whatever the case may be. And you know you have these dreams, and my dream came true. Was it like I expected? No, <laughs> but it was a dream come true. And when you back up and go through it again. You know, I I don't know how I could have wanted it any different. It was, um, you know, some some of the greatest times of my life, and and beautiful things happened from it. So, um, but it's for everyone. It just, it, in my case, it was football. But I think anyone who has a dream and a passion can relate to it. Tell me a little bit about chapter two, um, my dad. So that's a kind of a nice uh, chapter that I that I enjoyed really well because it, it, if nobody knows your dad um, in that way, I mean, you get to know your dad in a way. That, that was the epitome of my dad. You're talking about the hunting camp, right? Yeah. Yeah. He was, my dad was the neatest person. He was, um, he was an, an Alabama boy, um, grew up very poor, um, loved to hunt. That was just his life, hunting and fishing. And nothing ever changed till you know the day he passed. He still loved hunting fish and he loved football. And um, when he, when his buddies at the camp told him that he could not bring me out to the camp anymore because I was a girl, he stood up for me and he said, "Well, you know what? If you're not going to let my daughter come, then I quit." And then. His best friend Sam said, "Well, if Henry quits, then I quit." And then Howard said, "Well, if Henry and Sam quit, then I quit." And it just became this domino effect. And this is all an absolutely true story. And um, he, you know, if every girl had a father like my dad, this world would be a different place. I'm telling you, because he was willing to give up that which meant so much to him, um, just for my feelings. You know, it would have been so easy to say, yeah, sorry to tell you, you can't, you know, yeah, you can't come anymore. We'll do something else. You know, it would have been easy, but no, he went out on a limb, and uh, it's one of the greatest things anyone's ever done for me, to be honest. Now, that right there shows, you know, the love for the daughter more so than the sport, yeah? Because there are a lot of, yes. lot of parents that would go the other way, you know? They, they, they right. would take the job over their kid, right? Because they got to take the job. That's right. And they put their kids back in. <laughs> yeah. But that says a lot about your dad right there. Yeah, he he was a great guy. Um, I I miss him a lot, and I wish he could have read the book. I think he would have gotten a kick out of it. 
I know he would have. Yeah, he, I mean, it's, that that's one of the uh, chapters that I was reading. And then you have, I think, chapter four, where you have, I think, a, a hunt club chapter uh, with, with your dad, I guess. And then you tell a little bit more of, about him then. Um, when he took me hunting? Yeah, the hunting one. Um, wait, uh, the, wait, Oscar, I'm confused now. I thought that was the one. When he first took me or when he said that he quit if he couldn't? Uh... I think the one that I read was, uh, it says Dad's Hunt Club. That's the title of the chapter. So I think it's the same right. one we're well, talking about. Yeah, I think so. I had I wanted to hunt so bad because I saw him go up and hunt every weekend. And, you know, I begged and begged and begged. And I think, I don't know, I was eight, nine years old, and I was a little scrawny thing. And um, he finally agreed to take me, and he took me down to the store, and he dressed me in all these camouflage things. And he was just so sweet. And... Uh, I, he, I had a 410 shotgun, which is a, a small one, but he hollowed yeah. out the stock of the gun so that I could get my, my little hand around it. Otherwise, it was, it was really too big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, it was, it was, he just was very thoughtful. And um, What did your mom think of it? The, <laughs> oh, she was not pleased. Poor mom. Poor mom got outvoted. Dad and I outvoted her on so many things. <laughs> <laughs> I was but, just wondering because um, I know on my side of the family it happens. You know, it would be like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> I know. Well, she did. She was she was kind of disgusted about. It. My mom was not a hunter though. She did not like hunting. Um, ironically, the ranch I grew up on was was belonged to her um, parents, but it was my dad that ran it. She was not a fan of the hunting, of the, you know, all of the things that went along with that. So when he started to take me out there, she she wasn't very happy with him. Yeah, I, I bet, because, uh, I mean, it's it's kind of awkward, but at the same time, you know, there's a lot of uh, dads that uh, teach, you know, outdoor sports to a lot of girls, and a lot of girls are really good at that stuff. So I know a lot of friends yeah, that are, yeah. you know, avid hunt hunters and stuff like that so and they're great more they're better fishermen than i am that's what i gotta tell you <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it, it I, I guess it's like geek in me it. that can't can't catch a fish <laughs> well keep trying they're out there <laughs> what, i hope there's a lot in the bucket that's all i gotta say <laughs> what, i've what only gone out once think? I've only got once, and that's trout fishing, so it wasn't that exciting. But my wife's a big avid fisher uh, person, and she grew up doing fishing and stuff. So it's kind of you know how you get together; it's kind of give and take. So that's that's my give uh-huh. and take. Okay, so she takes you fishing. Now that's that's the reverse there. That's kind of nice. Yeah, it is reverse. Um, I I'm scared <laughs> of water, by the way, just to let you know. Water scares me. Uh oh. But. Uh, but no, I mean, I'm just kidding. It's just, it's, it's great. So it's a great environment. Yes, exactly. I should be a hunter. No, uh, but <laughs> she's great. She enjoys it. And and it's like you said with your dad, you know, it's, it's sort of a passion for some people and, and they really love it. And it's, it's, you know, it's a, it's a hobby and it's an enjoyable hobby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. 
it is. It's a nice. Uh, well, it's like it's like our football community. You know, there's a, a hunting community or or whatever else you choose to get involved with, and it's it's really a lot of fun. Now, as you're growing older, um, with Christine's book here, as you're growing older, uh, Andrea, uh, a little bit a little bit more obstacles, right? Because you're um, into that mid mid teens, and you get into you know a lot of more real situations where. You know, like you said, the reality sinks in where you're not going to get those opportunities for whatever reasons, and and that also was a you know kind of an eye opening for you, right? Well, it was. Um, you know, the town that I'm from is a very small town. Um, it's uh, how do you say it? It, it? it I was insulated, and um, so when it when it hit me, you know, th- that I wasn't going to be able to do what I thought I could do. Um, yeah, it was hard. It was hard. And then again, I watched all the the girls getting older. Um, they were off, you know, getting a, a boyfriends. They were talking about, you know, things in school that I was not interested in. I, I did not want to, um, you know, get my nails done or anything like that. I mean, I, I my sisters who were six and eight years older than me, when the oldest one got married, I think I was, I don't know, 10, 12. And um, I remember they had to practically hold me down to shave my legs for the wedding. I was like, no, no. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. You're, so, you're, what do they call it? You're like a, you're like a, a true tomboy because I have a couple cousins oh, like that, too. Yeah. True tomboy. It's like not going to happen. You're not going to put it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. It's like. It's like, it's like a fist of, you know, you're getting ready for 12 rounds. <laughs> I know it. I know it. And I was just furious that I had to do that. But, um, <laughs> you know, the most of the other girls were, they were like, oh, I couldn't wait to go out and, you know, buy their bras and shave their legs and wear their makeup. Well, oh, no, I was having none of it. Um, so, you know, that kind of presented a little bit of a, a problem, too, because, uh, you know, and then I had my best friends who were boys. Well, then all of a sudden, one of them wanted to ask me out, or the two of them wanted to ask me out. And I'm like, no, no, I don't want to go out with you. You're my best friend. So, um, <laughs> you know, there, they, a whole other bucket of uh, issues came into play. So um, it, it was a unique childhood, that's for sure. It's kind of interesting how you just look back, and there's humor in it, but there's also a little bit of anger. And then there's also, like, just the fact that you're like, wow can't believe this happened <laughs> you turn around and yeah. like scratch your head you know <laughs> you know there's all of those emotions oscar every single one and humor yes every to me it, it it's really funny i mean um i've had some people uh who've read the book say oh andrew i'm so sorry i didn't know you were going through all that when you were little and i was like going through what <laughs> I, I mean i didn't even you know it never um you just do what you got to do. You know, you get through it. And yeah, you get angry and um, you get disappointed. You get your feelings hurt. But I guess we all do, um, you know, one way or the other. But um, yeah, it was, uh, well, like I said, it's, it was a unique experience. But I think everyone goes through things like that. Andrea, uh, the chapter is called Homecoming Queen. And I thought it was really, uh, I guess it's not, as, it wasn't as fun for you, but it's kind of hilarious in our sense because it's like, you know, you want to play football. You want to be on that field. You don't want to be the queen and, you know, the homecoming queen. 
And nowadays, it's yeah. like this is kind of reverse because we we hear a lot of stories right now where you have certain girls that are homecoming queen, and then all of a sudden they gotta you know dress up and take that Supergirl leap and go, okay, now I gotta go play the game. Where before yeah, that wasn't the I case. I love that. Right. I've read a couple of those stories where the you know the homecoming queen has her a, a tiara on and, and shoulder pads. I'm like, yes, that that. God, I wish that could have been me. Um, yeah, homecoming was pretty funny, and, and again, it's a small town, so it's such drama, um, you know, around these small town things. But uh, yeah, I just I would have traded that tiara for a helmet and a heartbeat. But uh, nowadays, it's different. Thank goodness. Yeah, you have the, you have something to kind of look forward to now. In, in that sense, like you said, there's a little bit better. Uh, you know, opportunities now are a lot better. The mindset's different. You know that, you know, um, you have girls getting the opportunities, uh, maybe not at the mass level that the boys are still getting, but now we have a little bit of progress in, in certain states and certain avenues across the nation in terms of flag or even on tackle like we have in Utah now. So it's really you right. know, exciting to hear that now. I love it. I, I know it. I, I'm still, though I don't have the sharks anymore, I'm still very much involved. And um, I just love all the stories of things that are going on for girls in football now. Andrea, tell me a little bit about um, scholarships are for boys. How we came up with that chapter? Oh, boy. Uh, well, um, as I said, Florida is a big football state, and our little town was no different. So there were a couple of guys from our high school that got scholarships in football. And, um, you know, it was just a little maddening for me because I wasn't even allowed to play on the high school team, much less be considered for a scholarship. Now, again, at my age, I thought, you know, I could probably play on a, a college or something. Um, looking back, of course, that was not possible. But um, it was just, it, it was very, you know, I was happy for them. They were my friends. But at the same time, it was really bittersweet because I wanted to do that. And um, mm -hmm. and, and most of them, you know, when we played Sandlot and, and everything, I was better than them. So, um, you know, I could tackle them. I, I could outrun them. Um, uh, I actually played more wide receiver when I was little than anything. So, um, you know, I could catch better than that. It was just frustrating. It's really frustrating. So when that time came and these the boys were going off and, you know, to me having a, a you know, their life on a silver platter handed to them, and uh, here I was thinking, well, what am I going to do? What college, you know, what am I going <laughs> to do? So, um, yeah, it was a little frustrating for sure. Yeah, it's it's a it's a good chapter because it kind of tells you a little bit about some of the barriers that you were confronting, you know, even with the talent. Now you have uh, in other sports that I know of, maybe not women's tackle football in general, but in other sports, you do have that opportunity now, whether you play, you know, basketball, you play soccer, you play lacrosse, yeah. or you play field hockey, all these other sports, you obviously get a, a scholarship opportunity, which is great to hear because that is, unequal footing to anything in, in, in any college. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's just, it, it's great. I've, I've uh, known a lot of my friends, daughters, a lot of them have gotten scholarships and it's oh it's so wonderful to hear that, that the girls have an opportunity also not enough, but 
better than it was. All right. Um, I want to go into this one because it's it kind of hits home. But uh, Chapter 12 was loneliness. And I think that's when you started to go to New York, if I'm correct, right? Oh, yeah. 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 Um, I don't think I've ever been so lonely in my life as when I came here to New York. Um, I love this city. It's it's uh, every time I see it from if I fly in over, you know, from in the airplane, if I'm driving across the bridge, it's still 35 years I've been here and it still takes my breath away. But when I first got here, um, it was such an adjustment coming from uh, Tallahassee, Florida, where I went to college. I'm Florida State. And um, coming here sight unseen, um, it was a mixture of feelings, Oscar, because I, I was so lonely. And at the same time, my head was on a swivel. I was like, oh, my God, this place is amazing. I want to go home. Oh, my gosh, look over there. I want to go home. So it was, it was like the schizophrenia. It, it's scary when you um, go adventure yourself, you know, because I decided to go to the Army from California and, you know, just being in California all the time, you don't see any mm-hmm. divide because everybody is so diverse here. You know what I mean? But then I moved to North, mm-hmm. uh, South Carolina, you know, and okay. I could start to see all these other things that were different, right? All these different yeah. aspects of people, attitude, changes, moods, weather, all these things. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, coming to a big city from a small town, it's overwhelming. It, it, yeah, it, it really was. Um and I didn't know anybody here. Um, I had one cousin who's quite a bit older than me. Um, the I went to Pratt Institute, and it's um, very global. There were several classes that I was the only one that spoke English. So it's not like I could buddy up to all of them because I didn't know what they were saying. Um, it, yeah, it was just a lonely – it's a lonely place, Um I mean, even now in New York, uh, I've got um, tons of friends, but a lot of them are not from here. They're still from, you know, my college friends, uh, my hometown. Um, I I love New York City, but it's not an easy place at all. Yeah, and it changes because it is really a detachment. It's like I tell people, you know, because I I live out in Carmel, and Carmel is kind of vintage uh, Monterey area, which is nice and coastal and to your point, it's like everybody gets, you know, you, it's a home field, right? You know, everybody, it's quiet, and those big traffic. Yeah, right. You got, you got the back roads. Carmel and by it's the sea. Really nice. Carmel by the sea, yeah. Oh, so it's a really nice area out here in Monterey. But then, you know, when I start hitting into San Francisco, Los Angeles, and San Jose, it, it's just, oh, my God, it's, it's sort of like, oh, my, this is a totally different world. It's like it's it's yeah. uh, nobody really cares. Everybody's on the go, you know, right? It's like right. it's on right. the They're phones, on their mm-hmm. devices, and and all that. It's it's kind of a detachment when you come from a yeah. and you know an area that is somewhat homey to the point where now it's kind of like corporate mentality in a way. Right, right. Everyone's there for a purpose. They're not there to make friends and do this and that. Um, a lot of them are type A, you know, climbing their way up one way or another. Um, yeah, it is a different feeling. I, I I can imagine going from Carmel to San Francisco. That's very different. <laughs> yeah. Way different. <laughs> I 
That's yeah. why I love the coastline out here. The weather's nice, and Pebble Beach is a great view, and 17-mile drive is awesome. And You know, I mean, there's just, like, oh, a lot of things you can just – you know what I mean? It's like you, you can actually walk out there in the mountains and then kind of just, you know, open your brain and calm down and, you know, kind of peacefully think about stuff uh, versus the everyday grind that you have in, you know, in the major cities and the metro cities and stuff. Right. Um, right. Andra, you found Flag from the loneliness, from what I gather from the book, in the middle of the chapter. It was the Brooklyn, I, I think, Flag League. Mm-hmm. I did. I had, um, I met, um, let's see, I played rugby in, in college and one of my, one of the players sisters lived in New York city. She was a New York city cop and she and her friends took me out to fire Island one day. And of course I carried my football because it went everywhere. Like a, you know, like a, a, a blanket, you know, what do you call them? The whoobies, the blankets, <laughs> security blanket. There mm-hmm. it is. And, um, and, um, I uh, met a, a group of women that were playing flag football. They saw me and my football, and they invited me to play. And um, I ended up playing in that Brooklyn League for years. And um, that's actually where I met Crystal, my, my GM, um, who's still one of my best friends to this day. Um, yeah, I played there for, for many years, and then... Uh, that league disbanded, and we moved to Long Island, and then that's where the Sharks came in. And uh, it was, yeah, it was just a wonderful um, uh, find, if you will, because it really got me rolling in New York uh, with friends, with things to do, and uh, ultimately the Sharks. And that was the beginning of something bigger for you. And I know you you just mentioned it earlier that that's going to be probably more of an of, of the second book where you actually go into the more of the football realm of things in, in terms of the team and the historic aspects of it and everything. But uh, is that where you started more of your game, like to get yourself, you know, yourself out of the everyday environment of work and stuff? Because I know for some players, this is a, a an outlet where it's a relief when you play, you know, when you play black football, a lot of people enjoy that because it's an outlet to just get away from everyday life or work or kids or, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, it wasn't an outlet so much. It was just, I loved football. So, but I didn't, you know, I was happy in my other jobs. I, I was doing well in the art world. Um, Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed that. It, It wasn't, um, an outlet or an escape so much as I just couldn't wait to play because I loved it so much. I mean, my, my, Mm -hmm. I would obsess on it, um, obsess on the plays and, and, uh, you know, our coach would call practices. I was always the first one there. I'd stay late. If someone would throw with me, if, you know, I talked to, uh, Richie was our coach. I talked to Richie ad nauseum on the phone because he was as obsessed as I was. So, um, it was just, it was so much fun. No, so uh, yeah, I just loved it. Just loved every minute of it. Now you go into the book into the '90s uh, with the with the you know transition to New York to the team and everything else. So how did that go about in terms of getting the team and working you know to try to get the team going with the Sharks? I know you said originally it was started as a flag team and then it went into the tackle motion. Yeah, well, the um, 
the Long Island Sharks, what what we were called, was a flag team, and um, that was uh, there were quite a few teams. Now I don't remember how many, eight, twelve, something like that, um, from Brooklyn and Long Island, and we had been playing against each other for so many years, so we all knew each other, and when this opportunity came along to form a tackle team, we had to combine all of these, you know, I think I describe it as all these tribes that had been at war for years, (laughs) all of a sudden had to join forces to create one team. Um, And it was, it was What was that like to try to convince everybody to kind of bond together to create a squad that's that's usually pretty difficult for a lot of people it was hilarious yeah it was hilarious because um i was kind of an outsider i mean i I was a Mm -hmm. a floridian in in the middle of all of these new yorkers um it was easy for me to sit back and 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 watch uh, and listen Mm -hmm. um and they amuse me to this day they they really tickle me new yorkers are just they're like no others and watching them some of them know have having known each other since they were kids in brooklyn growing up you know going to school and all this um just the banter that went back and forth and the remarks off to the side and the dares and the the competition um i remember when we first started um bobby jackson was our coach the guy from the jets and he handled it really well. I mean, they would mouth off at him because, you know, they're New Yorkers. So, of course, they got the big mouths. And, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, they would mouth off at him, and he really handled it well. Um, and I give a lot of credit to him because he he really um, he put people in good places. Um, he, he listened. He had a lot of patience, a lot, a lot, a lot of patience. And... Um, you know, I think he really got our minds our minds to think more of uh, unity as opposed to you know all of our little tribes all over Long Island warring and and trying to kill each other. Um, but it was funny. Oh, Oscar, the things uh, my book doesn't even cover half of the stuff. It it really was hilarious. Well, I I, mean, I can see it's comical because it, it's humor and. When you get together with a, a bunch of people, sometimes, you know, all the personalities kind of dive in and trying to get them for one yeah. goal sometimes. It's, it's almost like when a, when you coach, like I coach youth soccer, and you're trying to get all these kids on the same page, and then eventually you have to realize that they're not going to be on the same page. It's just You just have to just kind of play it out the way it is. <laughs> it's just just it do is. the best you can. <laughs> I used to get frustrated, you know. You're like a very serious coach, and then you're like, you're not going to do this. And then eventually you're, you have to just give in. You're like, I don't want to give in. And then you're like, okay, whatever. If we're not here for the score anymore. We're just here for the entertainment. So let's just go with it. Yeah. <laughs> and entertainment <laughs> it, it is. It is. Uh, and there's a bunch yeah. of personalities when you get going with, especially with young kids and you gotta, you have to watch what you say because those things get told over and over. <laughs> and then your parents, oh, have, yes, you have to do. explain to the parents why certain words came out a certain way. Uh, it just does, yeah. <laughs> You're brave to coach kids. Oh, I'm telling you, it's just, it's brave as the word. <laughs> Why isn't my kid playing? 
that was oh, the one one the one answer I had get every right? week. Oh my god. I I yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you just yeah, yeah, I was I always just say I don't drink beer, but I used to say, well, we we have to go get a slush, a sluggy or something, or slush or something, because we got to talk it over. This is just not going to happen. <laughs> and you know, and, and kids miss in practice. You know, I mean, what do you do, right? I mean, yeah, kids miss practice. You have to sometimes stand your ground. It's like you just have to stand yeah. your ground. I'm pulling my kid out. Well, okay, well, you know, great. I don't want him to be pulled out. But then in the back of my mind, I'm like, okay, he didn't. He doesn't deserve to be on the team. Great. I'm out of here. One less problem. But no, I'm just, you know, yeah, yeah, and then the yeah, then the parents are arguing about uh, yeah. why you didn't play them, and jeez, uh, it's a yeah. headache. But anyways, uh, it is comical, and even in adults, as you're mentioning, when you get to the adult stage as well, it's trying to band people together. Sometimes personalities, <laughs> especially in New York, of all places. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I know. Whether you're Italian or you know. Uh, Puerto Rican, whatever you are, there's going to be a class somewhere. Yeah, all kinds, everything. There's oh yeah. One of one of everything you can imagine. God, I I got that in the army, by the way, Andrea. When I was in the army, uh, half of my squad in in the army was from Brooklyn, and from upstate oh. New York, and so I got to you know kind of interact with a lot of them. And you know what? It's they're comical. They, they're serious. Totally. They're serious. And you're turning around, and you're like, my God, are you, are you guys really, is this just like a comedy act or something? Because the way they interact, <laughs> you're sitting there going, I don't know if I need to laugh or just stay quiet. Because if I laugh, I'm probably going to get hurt, you know? So it's, <laughs> it's I know. I know. Well, that's how I was when I first came across this group of, of Brooklynites. I was like, okay, I, I, I clearly don't fit in, and yet I'm you know, on game day I fit in, but um, other than that, I was just like a fly on the wall, and uh, it, it was um, amusing. Yeah. Um, what do you think of the uh, the overall reaction? You got a lot of reviews, which is great. Um, you also got, I think, one of the biggest reviews is at the front cover, which is uh, Billie Jean King, and I think, yes. that, you know, she was oh, yes. really nice to, you know, put in a couple sentences here, but uh, Black and Blue will will strike a chord with anyone who grew up before Title IX. Um, so she's she's already you know a fan of the book. Yes, yeah, and I am so honored that she took the time to do this. And and um, I, yeah, I, I was just really amazed and so grateful to her. Um, you know, talk about a, a champion, a warrior, and a hero. Billie Jean King has done so much for so many people, not just women and not just girls. I mean, she's just, um, she's a game changer. She really is, and I so appreciate what she did for the book. Yeah, I mean, she's one of the first uh, individuals, you know, if you go back in history, early 70s and all that, but she's one of the first individuals that was now everybody has a foundation now. You know what I mean? It's like everybody, every athlete has a foundation. Everybody's got a foundation right. of some sort. But she was really uh, the first to create a foundation that is was driven for opportunities for girls and women. And to this day, mm-hmm. obviously, it's the, the, the you know the time. And she's done a great job oh, yeah, with it. She, um, she yeah. doesn't lead it anymore, but she's had you know various says in terms of who leads the organization. She still has input. And I think that's a credit to her because she's still passionate about 
make sure that the uh, women and girls equally get opportunities for sport. She is still fighting for that and fighting hard. She she makes all kinds of appearances. Um, she's of course you know writing all the time. She had the movie that came out that was you know I, I'm sure if any young girl watched that, I mean what a great what a great inspiration. Um, and just a really nice person too. She's such a nice person. Now, Andrea, there's a, a lady called Susan Pomerantz who took the time, six-time Emmy Award-winning mm-hmm. director, which I thought that yes. was really awesome. And um, so uh, she wrote really great on here. And any woman who thinks that being a female will prevent her from reaching her goals should read Black and Blue. So uh, she gave you uh, credit for that. And she's she's an awesome person as well uh, with a lot of work and a winning director. So on top of that, so you got Billie Jean King and Susan Pomerantz. Just can't get better yes. than that on the book. Oh, I know. I, I some of the, the I, I was so thrilled to get the endorsements that I that I got, and um, everyone has been so supportive, and um, they're they're also helping me to put the word out there. You know these these uh, same people that are that gave the endorsements. They've just been, like I said, so supportive. I've been very fortunate. Now, you are, are continuing to write the second book as we speak, or are you taking time off? I know you're doing your art tour as well. So where are you, where are you uh, at in terms of the stages? Are you just art right now, and then are you putting the book together at a later time here in the next 18 months or so? Yeah, that's yes, that's about right. I have started, you know, I, I, um, I didn't use all of my little notes and clippings that filled up buckets of buckets all over my house, so... Um, I have those that I'm going to go back and revisit, and then I have new ones that I've been taking, um, you know, even recently. Um, you know, Oscar, sometimes it's just, it's it's the mood. Um, some days you just want to write something. Other days you just, there's just nothing there, you know, so you go do something else. But um, I'm hoping that um, I'll be inspired to weave another one together within the next couple of years and have it out, you know, within a couple of years. And we nice. have the, we have the transatlantic tournament. Uh, Dana, I think is putting it together. So that's going to yes. be a great event coming up in 2020, which is mm-hmm. going to be in New York. So a credit uh, to great. everybody there, including, um, you know, the UK, uh, a team out there, the Lions, you know, the Lions put together are coming. the first one. Mm-hmm. And Helsinki so it's coming, be a great event uh, there. Mexico. Yeah, it's going to be mm-hmm. really good. Are you going to make it? I'm I'm looking forward to making it because my wife's uh, healing up pretty well, and I'm thinking it shouldn't be a problem to try to head out there and show up there. So, uh, But it's going to be a great event from what I hear right now, and everybody's on board with it. So it, it'll be here anytime. You know what I mean? So it's like 2020 is right here. It's almost we're almost there uh, already. Yeah. So. yeah. Well, I know uh, Dana um, it has been working hard on it, and she still is. So it's going to be mm-hmm. a great event. Uh, Andrew, what is the individual on the cover? Who is the individual on the cover? Or is it just a, a, a cover, or is it a player? That is um, – it, it's one of my players, and uh, Gina okay. Capardi. Mm-hmm. And oh, she's okay. one of my Gina players. Capardi, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's Gina. 
That's Gina. And um, she, when I did my first show with all of the players, um, this was one of the pieces. And mm-hmm. um, it's just, it just turned out, I don't know, I just love the way it turned out. And um, it kind of fit my vision. I designed the, the cover. So it just kind of fit my vision for the cover. And uh, she uh, gave me permission to use her likeness and uh there it is so but yeah that's that's my gina girl well what an honor uh to have her be on the book and it's really awesome book uh i i'm still reading the back half of the chapters so uh, i think i still have like probably eight chapters or nine to go but overall it's very very nicely done uh i wanted to bring you on because we had talked about it that you were going to release it and, and it's on prime um, if you get well, it's on Amazon, in other words. But if you got Prime, it's a great deal. It's under twenty bucks, so it's very, very economical, and it's a good price. Um, so you can get it there. And did you did you say before that it was selling out, and yet you, you got to make another print copy, or is it where are we at with that? Um, Amazon will do uh, print on demand. I know they sold out once. And mm-hmm. um, I do not know whether they're just doing print-on-demand now or whether they've reprinted a batch of them. Um, but, uh, but yes, you can still get them on, on Amazon. Um, let's see. I think you can get them on Book Baby also and Barnes & Noble. Mm-hmm. I, I really appreciate you uh, sending me that signed copy. Uh, it's an honor. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, uh, one of the historic – individuals in the sport and it's an, always an honor to, to talk to you and kind of get your story and it's an, an amazing story Andrea and uh, a lot of people don't realize it but uh, a huge uh, individual uh, when you write the history of women's tackle football you were right there as probably the starting point and so this you know the franchise itself and everything else but yourself as a you know the struggles uh, not just for the football side of things but you know the beginnings and in the uh, adventure here with Christine and the li- the life that you lived from there, from Florida to New York. And so it's a great book and it's a great value. And at the same time, it's endorsed by a lot of great people and myself included, and everybody should go get it at Amazon or uh, Barnes and Nobles as well. So like I said, it's, it's 20 bucks. You can't beat it. Well, Oscar, I really appreciate that you have me on and you're talking about it. I'm thank you that you like it. And, um, but I also, you know, you have just done so much for women in football, and, and uh, I appreciate all of your contributions. I really do. I appreciate that too, Andrea. I'm, I love the book. Everything's great. I look forward to the second book. And uh, it, are you doing any art stuff that the fans should know about or anything coming up that they should be aware of? Um, yeah, actually, um, there's going to be an art opening about the, the Women's Football League's um, some new things and also some old ones, and um, that's going to be on November 8th down in St. Petersburg, Florida, and there will be a book signing and an art opening um, at the same time. And so um, anyone who's down in that area, come on over. That'd be great. Andrea, retirement, is it great? you gotta be, you got to be honest here. Is it great? Yeah. <laughs> of course, um, right? It's great. Uh, I I miss uh, my kids. I I always call them my kids. I miss them so much. Um 
there are many days when I will get teary-eyed um, just thinking about them and going through that last season that we had, 2018, and the mo- that was just, you know, I'm writing this book, but honestly, you know, I don't have to make up anything. It was magic. And yeah. I miss those kids so much and that that time. But, um, you know, it's a lot of responsibility. It's a lot of work. And I'm just, um, I'm really enjoying focusing on, on other things. And, you know, I'm still going to go to all the games. I'm still, I still talk to so many of them. But, um, yeah, I, I, it was a good, it was a good choice. Yeah. And, it, and it's, it's a great and it's a great thing for you because now it's kind of like a, a next stage as well. Um, before I go, yeah. we have made, you know, Jenkins, one of your players from the Sharks, right? Here we are, kickoff WNFC last year. Riddell, oh, Adidas. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. So my, my, my whole thing is this, you know, the, where do you see the sport now? You have WFA competitive with WNFC. We're finally getting to that next level. We got a TV deal coming with U2 America on one aspect of it. You got WFA coming up with other deals and sponsorships and things. So it's kind of like moving forward in a way where both sides now are starting to just elevate the game to a, to a, yeah. you know, a noticeable stage. Um, you know, you got, uh, Gen all over nationwide with flag tournaments Absolutely. as well. Um, so mm-hmm. I mean, it's just it's it's that change. You know what I mean? It's like the changing of the guard. You left the sport, but it's still we're at that level. You got Cali in in Buffalo. You got Sours in San Francisco. You got Coach Lori yeah, Lopez love in it. Tampa Bay. Tampa, right. That's so it's right. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's this phase is uh, it's this movement. In other words, there's a movement going where, you know, the next yeah. thing we need is some regional sport, you know, Fox Sports or CBS or somebody to put us on, on another stage, in other words. Yeah, I, I you know, I think it's coming. Um, I, I know, you know, when I started 20 years ago, it was just about getting the women on the field. Um You know, there were times, there were years when I didn't make any cuts because, you know, it was so important that everyone get the opportunity just to be a part of it. Um, it's not like that anymore. These past 10 years, it's it's very competitive, and it, the sport has grown um, exponentially. And to see all this happening with the NFL and the women who are coaches now, and uh, like you said, Jen and her camps everywhere, the Women's Gridiron Foundation and all, all the things that they're doing with this international tournament, um, it's really nice to see. You're right. We still need that regional TV or something to, to take us to the next step, but we've come a long way, come a long way. Well, all I'm saying is football world. You, got, you got a former shark now leading a major league with major sponsors. Yeah. You got to be proud. You know what I mean? I she goes back so to the shark. Her, yeah. You know what I mean? And she's yeah, a really hard nose. Man, oh, I was she, like, she, she, could, she could very smart. She could sell very good. She could sell anything. I tell her all the time, like it's just an inspiring seller. <laughs> but she can sell anything. <laughs> but you know, she's well, done a great I think job she's there. Doing um, a great job. Yeah. Lisa King uh, and uh, Gwen out there in Denver, the same thing. So it just it looks 
it looks very exciting coming to 2020, another level on a mobile platform, on Facebook Live, you know, all the other things that are happening. You guys were probably the first, you know, of a couple teams that had a consistent, you know, viewership and televised with, you know, your Sharks Network and things like that. Right. But this is, this oh, is the way need to go through. To, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I know because we used to watch, and and if you go back and watch, you know, on YouTube and stuff like that, you were you guys were one of the first to put a visible platform, not just a radio audio, but an actual, you know, broadcast type mentality. Right. Right. Yeah. Steve Mark was, uh, he did all of that. He was just amazing how he hooked us up and uh, brought everything live, so to speak. Well, Andrea, I wish you well. Retirement seems great for you. Uh, your artwork's going great. And then we'll obviously expect the second book. You guys can pick up the first book, uh, Black and Blue, and like I said, on Amazon.com, Black and, Black and Blue. You can uh, search under Andrea Douglas as well. And it's about $18. If you get Prime, you get it the next day. So it's a really good deal. So uh, like, like I said again, thank you for the copy, the signed copy. Really cherish that. And More than um, like I said, I'm finishing up the chapters. So uh, great story, great inspiring book, and everybody should go get it. And like I said, it's a it's great value under 20 bucks. So, Andrea, thank you again. Uh, look forward to another chat, maybe before the Transatlantic Tournament. And, and if you need anything from us, always uh, you can always message us, and we'll get you on and promote stuff for you as well. So, Okay. Well, Oscar, I really appreciate it, and um, you have a good week. Thank you. Safe travels to you as well. All right. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. All right, guys. That was Andrea Douglas, an uh, historic owner of the New York Sharks, and she has a long tenure history in women's tackle football, and uh, she's in the Hall of Fame and the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Her team's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, one of the first uh, teams to start within a professional football setting, Uh, and also she's one of the first owners, obviously, to put – you know, a video platform with her team on to to tech up notice for women's tackle football. A lot of historic players have gone through the organization. Uh, you know, we just talked about Odessa Jenkins, who started there with the Sharks as well. Uh, so a lot of history, and she's done a lot of good things for the sport, and she continues to stay in touch with the sport. But overall, uh, Andrew Douglas, uh, black and blue, love sports and the arts of empowerment. And you can get your copy, like I said, at Amazon.com, and you can get it for about $18. You get Prime the next day. So go get your copy, and I really thank her for uh, sending me a signed copy of the book, and I'm reading it right now as we speak, uh, and it's going to be great uh, for her second book. So thanks to her and for her coming in and chiming in. So we're going to go into the realm. Uh, Mackenzie's not going to be able to make it here, but we got about, uh, I don't know, 20 40 minutes here. We're going to go into the realm of women's tackle football because it's happening internationally. There's no women's tackle football in the States right now because it's the off season for everybody. Um, There's some events coming up. So let's go to the uh, event news and notes here. November 10th, uh, it's going to be the WFA. They're going to play a game right after the Tennessee Titans game in Nashville and Misfits versus a Derby City Knoxville Lightning versus Columbus Vanguards, and that's going to be November 10th. If you want to get the information, you go to the hub at facebook.com forward slash Beauties. You can get all the details there as well. 
The other event coming up is LFL Mexico, November 16th, eight, uh, Austin Acoustic, taking on Los Angeles Temptation. And that's going to be in Mexico City. And uh, the return of Lilani Lopez, and she's going to be playing for the Los Angeles Temptation, our Nojo football athlete there, and uh, Anna Garza as well, Nojo football athlete, will be in Mexico City playing for the Austin Acoustic. Um, that's going to be awesome. And we can't wait to see both of them in action in Mexico City. It's going to be jam-packed from what I hear already. Tickets are, are selling out really fast. So uh, you can go to the site there on the hub, and you get tickets there at superboletos.com. Um, WFA tryouts. Uh, didn't have nationwide tryouts, but they're ongoing tryouts for the WFA. Go to WFAProFootball.com, WFAProFootball.com. Check your regional tab on the teams there. Get to get to know the local teams. There's emails there. There's Facebook page links. There's Instagram links. So check out the favorite team near you. If you want to try out, you go to WFAProFootball.com. Over 60 teams nationwide. There should be a team near you. And like I said, just go to the tab. It's by country. I mean, by count, not by county, but by state and uh, east or west or north and south all nationwide in the U.S. So go to WFAProFootball.com. If you're in Canada, off-season as well, in the Western Women's Canadian Football League, www.cfl.ca, and you get uh, tryout information there too for the top teams over in Canada. And if, just past weekend, October 5th, we had the uh, WNFCFootball.com tryouts, national tryouts. But if you still want to get on onto a team, WNFCFootball.com, go there, get the links, and you got the various teams there nationwide as well. So uh, over 60 teams in the WFA, I think over 20 teams in the WNFC, plus you still have the USWSFL uh, tryouts as well, and uh, the other various leagues, smaller leagues in Texas and over in the East Coast. So check it out, uh, WNFCFootball.com or WFAProFootball.com. Uh, the Holiday uh, Showcase just announced uh, WFA Holiday Showcase in the Northwest will be December 14th. That will include the uh, Lady Gates, the Capitol Pioneers, the Portland Shockwave, the Seattle Spartans, the Tacoma Trauma, and the Sound Olympians. They will compete, and I believe, at the tournament there. It's a Toys for Tots type of tournament, and you get the details there at the hub at facebook.com. It'll be December 14th as well. So we're going to go into the news and notes in the women's game here. So I'm going to get my notes here going here, and we're going to be touching base into some of the exciting things that are happening overseas uh, in the adventurous Brazil. And in Brazil at this point, um, you get my notes here. We have Brazil. Here we go. Curitiba. Uh, it was happening this weekend. Um, and two games that happened this weekend, one of them was Curitiba Silverhawks. They were taking on the uh, America Big Big Riders. And then you had the Brasilia Pilots taking on the Portuguese Football American team. And that uh, was happening down south. So the finals there, a group, a, group one was the uh, Portuguese FA taking on Brasilia Pilots. Brasilia comes across. Uh, 30 to 20. That was the um, the uh, result of the game. You get to watch it um, uh, on the uh, Facebook page. 
as well with the Curitiba, uh, Curitiba Silverhawks taking on the big riders. That was on YouTube, and we have a link there as well for the matchups that are coming up. 27-0 was the result. Curitiba uh, moved to 2-1. and one. They clinched a playoff berth, while the Raider, uh, riders, big riders are 1-1. One and one. Uh, Portuguese 1-2, and two, and Brasilia's 2-0, and oh, so they qualify as well for the berth there. So after five weeks in here, we're looking at the Brazilian LF, uh, LFBA and two of the top teams are in, in that place as well. So we'll uh, touch base on that. But uh, a lot of the uh, game highlights that came in, you can catch them on the Facebook page. And I have, I think, uh, let me go look right now. I'm going to check it out right now. Because they've had uh, basically week week four and week five, but a lot of the teams are coming up in terms of what the schedule is going to be for the week after. Um, so you can go to the hub at facebook.com forward slash square abuse, check it out there. So correct. So um, Brasilia pilots, the victory 30 to 20, that puts them in the playoffs for the second time in three years. The victory obviously is a great one for them and they take uh, control of the group there. There's also a nice spotlight by, um, Women journalists, Mujeres Journalistas, and that was a spotlight on two athletes from the Liga BFA Feminino, and it was Brasilia Pilots, Paula Charotti and Katarina Corosa. That was uh, the spotlight that was on there, and it was nicely done. Uh, once we go to Costa Rica, uh, Costa Rica, the, the uh, champion Bulldog Flames remain undefeated 3-0 with a 42-16 route of Valkyrias. The Valkyrias... Um, Basically, uh, lose 42 to 16. And if you go to Costa Rica at this point, I mean, get my notes here. I believe they're in the driver's seat after um, week four. So Valkyrias are one and two, and Bulldogs are three and zero, oh, 42 to six. Uh, we go back to the beginning of week one where they opened the season 24 to 14 over Valkyrias, and now we we get the week four rematch, 42 to 16. Didn't change much at this point except for double the score on the Bulldogs. Uh, so you get all the information there at the hub at facebook.com. We'll get highlights and some reaction from that as the Bulldogs update on their Facebook page and Instagram. So we'll keep tabs on the Gridiron Women's Football League of Costa Rica as well. Uh, we got recaps by uh, Sala Oval of .com of Brazil. You get the recap right there of the Silverhawks uh, taking, uh, taking care of um, the uh, America Big Writers, and that was uh, uh, the feature that was on there. So you get the recap from the uh, Salio Oval uh, website, and thanks to them for sharing, and they're one of our uh, networking partners that keeps us up to date on what's happening in the Brazilian game. You get the replay week five, Brazilian Women's League, Curitiba uh, versus America Big Writers, and that's on YouTube. Check it out. 27-0 was the victory. And you can get to watch it all over again right there. We get highlights as well from America Big Riders off Facebook. And that was some of the highlights from the game also. A recap of week five in the Czech Republic. And uh, Brno Amazon, the champion, stand defeated, 3-0. And the Warsaw Sirens, very impressive so far this season. They're the only team from Poland that was competing in the Czech Republic. And uh, you got to give them hats off. They have faced the Prague Blackhawks, and uh, both times they have been able to win. Uh, and so Warsaw really 
in, in the driver's seat here after after a loss to the Harpies at the beginning of the season, 39-21. They have put together two winning streaks, 33-20 to back in uh, week two in September, and now they got to face the Black uh, Black Cats as well on the road. And so 38, uh, 34-32 was the result. Uh, I'm sorry, 38-32 was the result there. And they beat the uh, Prague Black Hats uh, on the road. So Warsaw moves to 2-2, two and two, staying in the hunt for the playoff. And that would be impressive for them first year in the Czech League. And if they can make the playoff, they would face, obviously, Brno Amazons. Uh, Blackhawks and Harpies are really uh, in, the, in that mode where they got to start winning here. So week five, uh, October 19th, Black Hats will take on the champs, a big obstacle for them given uh, Bernos playing lights out football right now. And you're going to get to see Warsaw versus Harpies. And this will be a rematch of week one where the Harpies beat Warsaw 39-21. Much improved uh, defense from the Warsaw Sirens. Much competitive matchups there. So we're looking forward to see what the Harpies bring. Should be a close matchup once again. And it's very competitive. We have a couple weeks left in the season after uh, this coming week. We only have, I believe, one more week of regular season and then the playoffs. So it's a matter of punching it in. The Warsaw Sirens, if they can beat the Harpies, they would punch in their ticket three and two. Bruno should win against the Blackhawks, uh, Blackcats, but things obviously have changed uh, in some instances. But if they do win, they'd be five and zero. Oh. That puts the uh, Sirens obviously in second place, and they would basically qualify for the uh, playoffs and the Rose Bowl. Uh, Rose Bowl five will be uh, in November. Dates to be announced forthcoming. Uh, we're going to go over to Gridiron Victoria uh, in in uh, Gridiron Victoria down south. And Gridiron Victoria, we're going to get highlights and um, photographs and all that coming up forthcoming at this point. But uh, week uh, week four in Gridiron Victoria, North uh, Northern Raiders continue to roll 50 to 16 against the Creighton Rangers. Uh, Northern Raiders 4-0 undefeated in the season. They have started hungry. Uh, first first week 40 to six. Then they go into 60 to 32 beating the champs Western Crusaders. Then they go into week week three. It was 50 to 16 taking down Melbourne Uni Royals. So uh, this uh, Raiders team is ready and rolling and getting ready here. Season's still long but they are playing lights out offensive football and defensively they are just holding people down to less than two touchdowns a game. So the Geelong Bucks uh, debut once again after a season off and they lose 36 to eight against the champion Western Crusaders. Crusaders rebound uh, after a, a big win last week against the Croton Rangers 54 to eight. And they, they get another big win here, 36 to eight coming up week five. October 12th through the 19th, Elon Bucks will take on the red-hot Northern Raiders. Melbourne Uni Royals will be taking on the champs, uh, Western Crusaders. So we'll keep tabs on that. And you go to the hub at facebook.com forward slash Beauties, and you get the details there. The other event that happened was in Mexico. You get the recap of the WFL 2019 All-Star game that happened in our Noja football athlete, Anna Garza. In the house in Saltillo, uh, Vanguardia.com MX. They have the recap of the game. We also want to thank uh, uh, Gerardo Arancivia for the report from the event. 
and then uh, RG, uh, RCG Oficial from Tauhula uh, for sending us the highlights and information that happened of the event down in Mexico. A lot of stories at the Facebook.com for Esperanto Beauties. You get a story of Claire Gaskin, New Jersey teen. You also get a story about Michigan girls playing tackle football now. Um, you get the WFA also announced um, that Glacier Clinics, they are a major sponsor with them for coaching grants. So Glacier Clinics and WFA uh, Pro Football have announced a mutual agreement, Glacier Clinics, presented by RAC. And uh, so the the arrangement is Glacier Clinics will be the official coaches training sponsor of the WFA. will partner with the WFA to provide their coaches with training. So um, another announcement there. They were making an announcement for strong strong side NFL, and it was taken down, and it was requested to be taken down by strong side NFL. Um, so we'll see if that's still going to be. Uh, valid going forward, but uh, no formal re-announcement was done. So we'll find out if, how that happens. Um, we also get Linda Johansson out there. There was an event happening, Finland versus Sweden. It was kind of a mutual event in both flag and tackle, and the Swedish team won. And it's the first time the Swedish team in, in tackle has won and beaten, um, I believe, Finland. So congratulations to uh, Linda Johansson down down in Sweden for the win there. In the Costa Rica League, uh, we have October. The date's coming up here. Uh, this, um, it's going to be October 13th. We've got Valkyrius taking on Goddesses, and that should be a good game. Um, see, if the, see if the Valkyrius bounce back against the Goddesses. And then on the 20th, we get the rematch. Goddesses taking on the Bulldogs. So that'll be an interesting uh, matchup coming up there. If you miss anything going on there at the hub at facebook.com forward slash Gridiron Beauties, check it out. About 7,200 strong. You can go to the, our Instagram page as well, and you can also check us out on Twitter at Gridiron Beauty. And Twitter is a lowdown for everything that's happening up to date. So go to Gridiron Beauty on Twitter. All right. So we're going to dive into the college scene week six. And I, Mackenzie's not going to be able to make it right now. So we'll dive in together here in our uh, solo state. Ohio State looks salty. My guy Chip Kelly in UCLA, I mean, just I think he's going to be canned at some point down the road here. But So what we learned was Ohio State might be the best team in the country. We thought Auburn was, but now we know, trying to nail down exactly which team is the most deserving for the number one ranking in the country from week to week is an exercise pretty much that – exhaust you but uh given the fact that that happened um i'm thinking this is what's going to happen it's going to be probably ohio state uh we'd like to know if chip kelly plans to keep his job after the season as i mentioned earlier i just my bruins just they're not doing really well bruins uh you know great 32 point fourth quarter comeback against washington state but you know that just it's one game out of the year i don't know what's going on there but with the win in the desert, Kelly and UCLA have, have latched onto shared possession of first place in the division, heading to the softer side of the conference schedule. So they will get to face, um, let's see, wannabe games against Cincinnati, San Diego State, and uh, maybe we'll be able, they'll get pummeled by Oklahoma at, at this point. So that's where we're at in terms of the sports scene there. Um, so we'll keep tabs on it. 
but you can get the lowdown on the recap at the college football recap uh, sponsored by rockamnation.com. You can go there and get the week six recap there. We go to week five in the NFL, as we had talked about previously when we started at the top of the hour. A uh, lot of changes in terms of the teams, but nine winners from week five. McCaffrey just taking and ruining the Jaguars. What a guy. I mean, I had him on my fantasy fantasy team as well as my Vandal uh, teams. So what what an impressive week five. Saw a lot of teams, uh, hot teams fall, continue to fall back to earth. The Rams lose to the Buccaneers. Uh, became the beginning of a possible trend where LA dropped its second straight game. This time, my Thursday night thriller against the Seahawks. The Giants and Jaguars two-game winning streaks with rookie quarterbacks came to an end thanks to the Vikings and Panthers. Uh, the Bears' dominant defense was cracked open by all teams. John Gruden bullying the Raiders. So, a lot of things to consider here. Um, Washington a mess. The Redskins, and given their uh, canning of their coach at this point and I know Troy would have loved to be here to talk about it but Gruden entered 2009 with the best odds to be the first coach fired this fall it made sense he's only been to the postseason once in the the franchise and had never won 10 games in a single season in the franchise he's done nothing to justify his franchise decision to give him another year to turn things around in the nation's capital Washington's 0-5 to start the season after Sunday's loss to the Patriots the last three of those defeats have come by a combined of 63 points. He's only put three different players behind center, Keenum, Haskin, and McCoy, and his quarterbacks have combined for seven touchdowns and eight interceptions in five games. His defense has given up 24 points every week and at least 30 in all. So Gruden uh, knew he was almost certainly done in Washington's head coach after losing big to the Patriots in week five. And how did he take it? If the key works Monday, I'll keep working. Wow. And that's a sign right there, I guess. Uh, so Bruce Allen didn't like his attempt at itself. self-deprecating humor, apparently. He called his coach in for an extremely rude 5 a.m. meeting just to fire him, which seems excessive. So he's gone. We won't know who will take the job. So figure it out. Uh, I guess somebody's going to take the job at some point. Or somebody's going to step up either within the organization or outside the organization. So. Uh, Steven Sims, the pride of the University of Kansas. Uh, Sims didn't give the Patriots many opportunities to review his game film coming in week five. The undrafted rookie free agent and former Jayhawk only paid 21 snaps in his first four games. Um, but the Patriots don't need help. I think their schedule pretty much proves that they're going to they're gonna take it pretty much in that division. Uh, there's not much left there. I mean, they're, they're at the top of the division. The Niners uh, on defense – just showed you exactly how they can just demolish somebody. Back in 2017, Baker Mayfield faced Nick Boza's Ohio State team in Columbus and capped a 31-15 win by empathically and literally planting an Ohio flag at the center of Ohio Stadium. Nick Boza, then a sophomore with the Buckeyes, made a mental note of that. And at Levi Stadium, he went ahead and plowed his own flag to tell the, the new Browns quarterback that you stink. Uh, when he hit the Browns quarterback and forced an intentional grounding flag on Monday night football. So Bosa finished his day with two sacks and five quarterback hits while San Francisco effectively threw the Cleveland offense into a wood chipper. He wasn't the only Niner to turn a perceived lack of respect for uh, Mayfield into motivation. Even Richard Sherman took offense to Mayfield's um, you know, performances as well. And so the Niners are 4-0. The uh, – 
Patriots are undefeated as well. And so two teams are on, on either conference stepping up, and they get to face some, some competition coming up in the next couple of weeks. Uh, Arian Jones, who was either your fantasy league hero or your villain in the late game, Jones tied a Packers franchise record with four rushing touchdowns on in. He only needed 12 carries in the first three quarters to get there. The running back led his team in both rushing and receiving while doing something no other player has done since the Dallas Cowboys. And I can tell you, I had Adam J- uh, Aaron Jones on my team, on my fantasy, as well as my DSF. And thank you very much, Aaron Jones, for giving me the points and the victories. Because it was a really, really awesome, awesome game. Uh, so that was enough to carry Green Bay to a 34-24 road win in Dallas. It was also probably enough to sway plenty of fantasy football matchups across uh, the landscape. So let's uh, move on. The Raiders offensive line, which beat up a uh, vaunted bear defense, and even Khalil Mack didn't want to talk about it after the game. So it uh, goes to show you that Oakland's on a rise, and unfamiliar for us, but you know the Raiders did have managed to kind of step up and make a thing of it. And so more importantly, the Bears' big men were moved off the line with relative ease as Josh Jacobs became the first player to rush for 100-plus yards against Chicago this season. Oakland was able to create space early and often front, which led to two different touchdown drives from inside the three-yard line. And so what a talent. I also had him on my fantasy, uh, and it's a no-brainer not to have him on your fantasy. Combination of Jones and Jacobs this week, you couldn't go wrong. Couldn't go wrong. I had Murray as a quarterback, and I also had Watson as a quarterback, so that worked out really well for me. Uh, Jordan Phillips, who looked like he weighs 300 pounds, but doesn't move that way. So Ed Oliver was tagged to be Kyle Williams' replacement at the Bills' middle line. Well, he's been as good as expected, but he's the most disruptive defensive tackle on the depth chart. So Phillips uh, has come off the bench in the end of five games to start the season, tore through the Titans' offensive line like tissue paper. So there you go. So that's a massive Massive guy. Jordan Phillips is just killing it, and he was killing it on Sunday. And you're teaming him up with Shaq Lawson to expose uh, Taylor Lawson in his first game back from uh, suspension. So there you go. Pretty much pretty awesome day there. As Buffalo is basically front seven, uh, you know, just did a good job against Mariota. And so they just, you know, they're on a roll right now. Josh, Josh Allen's return. Looks well for them. Beasley's playing somewhat good ball. So um, at the beginning of the year, we're all kind of like, yeah, we're laughing. Uh, Buffalo could be relevant. If they stay where they're at right now, they could be number two right behind uh, the Patriots, and maybe a wild card is in the mix for them. And hats off to Callie Brownson out there for helping the Bills stay on track. So um, Buffalo's fourth win of the season. And even so, the Bills might be starting at 500, but not for a uh, for a smothering defensive effort across the board. So. They're creating havoc, and that's votes well for them to stay in the mix in the uh, AFC East uh, division there. Uh, Justin Tucker is bored enough to be kicking it. He's moved to strict. Uh, Tucker is one of the league's top three place kickers, and occasionally it's been overall for most of his eight years. So makes sense. Uh, a guy who has more than 90% of his field goal attempts, including one that sent Sunday's game against Pittsburgh to overtime, would try to find new ways to make things interesting. So uh, that was Kind of interesting. 46 yards for the win. Justin Tucker in overtime. So there you go. Pretty awesome day there. Uh, Will Fuller, who Atlanta forgot existed, and they paid dearly for it. Uh, DeAndre Huntman is an all-pro wide receiver. Keeping covers are important. Not so important that you can't forget about the other former first-round pick. And Fuller just 
did great on Sunday. So goes to show you that the Texans are for real. Deshaun Watson, who's connected with his fourth-year wideout for 14 touchdowns in 16 games together. Watson put together one of the most explosive performances in a career field. Week five marked his third NFL game with five passing touchdowns and his 426 passing yards were the most on a single Sunday to date. Fuller was responsible for more than half of those. And if you had Watson, you got to hook up with Fuller. And that's what I had. I had Jacobs, Jones, you name it. What a great week of fantasy football. What a great week of daily fantasy football as well. So if you had all those guys together, you were scoring points like madman. Um, so it was a great weekend in terms of the sport. So we're going to go into a little bit of the recap from last week because of our because of the broadcast that happened and we had technical issues. So we're going to get uh, Holly's take on college football week five and preview week six. We're going to get Holly's take on uh, NFL week four uh, and preview week five, which her Niners were on there. So we'll get to, get to listen to that. And then we're heading out and uh, going into 294 next week. So let's take uh, Holly's take here on college football. College notes for the week. Number one, Clemson 21, North Carolina 20. I don't know how Clemson won this game. North Carolina outplayed them for most of it. I stand by my thought that Clemson is not as good on defense this year up front. North Carolina was able to move the ball almost at will at times. And North Carolina decided at the end to go for two instead of kicking an extra point, and they didn't get it. Clemson lucked out in this game, and they looked vulnerable at times to me. Number five, Ohio State, 48, Nebraska, 7. Ohio State looked great, but how much of that is Ohio State and how much of that is Nebraska? Nowhere near what people thought they would be. Nebraska played scared. The quarterback had three picks in the first quarter, and Nebraska pretty much folded the tents after that. Arizona State, 24, number 15, Cal, 17. This was a huge win for Arizona State. It was a back-and-forth game until the Cal quarterback went out with an injury, which pretty much slowed down the Cal offense to almost nothing, and Arizona State took advantage. Cal's defense got tired at the end, which sealed the deal. Number 9, Utah 38, Washington State 13. This was a big game for both teams coming off disappointing losses. Washington State looked flat and disinterested at times. Utah bounced back. Washington's secondary is really bad this year. Leach called them out in the, in the media, called out his own team in the media, that is, and said that they were fat, stupid, and soft, which he's actually done before. How will they respond? Utah is back in the Pac-12 seat, uh, driver's seat, and maybe is in contention with Arizona State. College games for next week. Michigan State at Ohio State. Is this the test Ohio State has been waiting for? Michigan State has been a bit inconsistent, but it's an interesting conference matchup. Auburn at Florida. I think this is where Florida finally gets exposed. They've been playing under the radar and haven't really played anybody. Auburn's defensive front is really good, but Bo Nix will have to take care of the ball in order for Auburn to win. Texas at West Virginia. This is a trap game for Texas, who is currently a dark horse playoff contender. They need to get this win without looking forward to the game next week against Oklahoma. West Virginia can get a signature win here. Cal at Oregon. This game lost a little bit of the shine when Cal lost last week, but it's still a good matchup. Cal coach Justin Wilcox was a stud when he played at Oregon. The programs knew each other really well. Cal's defense is stout, and Oregon's defense is also stout. 
Oregon gets an edge at home, and maybe more of one as Cal's quarterback can't go. Oregon is currently a dark horse playoff contender, but needs to start winning more in style to get more attention. Hinnville stories from last week. Patriots 16, the Bills 10. The Patriots went ugly, but they win. Josh Allen had a horrible day. Tom Brady didn't play much better, but the Patriots' defense and special teams made enough plays to pull it off. The big question will be, how long will Josh Allen be out? Chiefs 34, Lions 30. The Chiefs outlast the Lions. Are the Lions for real? We say this almost every season, and I hesitate to buy in just yet. They went toe-to-toe with the Chiefs, which is actually really good for the Chiefs, so they can feel what it's like to be challenged and still win. Saints 12, Cowboys 10. The Saints do what they need to do to win. Defensively, they played really well. They held Zeke to almost nothing. The secondary made plays, and the Saints will need to learn to put the ball in the end zone to try to hold serve for when Breeze comes back. The Cowboys were drawn back down to earth a little bit. For next week, the Rams at the Seahawks. This is an important game in the division and for future playoff seeding. Can the Rams bounce back on the road in a tough Seattle environment? Can Seattle be more consistent? Whoever wins keeps space in a competitive division. Packers at Cowboys. Both teams are coming out disappointing losses and are no longer undefeated. Who will bounce back better? Can the Packers' offense be more consistent? And the Browns at the Niners. The Niners are one of the three undefeated teams left that haven't played stiff competition yet. This will be a solid test against the Browns team gaining momentum. The Niners' defense and taking care of the ball are the key. I will be at this game, so I'll wave to you guys from the stands. All right, there you go. You got Holly's intake, and obviously her Niners kicked butt against the Browns. Uh, what a horrible outing for Cleveland, given all the talent with Landry and Beckham. And so it just didn't turn out. And Levi Stadium kind of felt like uh, old candlestick from what I hear from her. So it was really revived. Uh, they're undefeated 4-0. They haven't been undefeated since the early 90s. Um, they get to face my Rams coming up at the Coliseum. It's a ba- uh, bounce-back game for Los Angeles. is a natural rivalry for both teams, north and south. is a clash. We'll see if Goff and Gurley show up, see what Boza is going to be able to do against the Ram defense. Um, we'll see how the Ram de- uh, Ram defense, uh, you know, stands up to the Niner defense. Um, you know, which defense is going to be the factor here because I think both offenses are not that great. So it'll be a defensive battle and it'll be who can pressure one side or the other more. Um, so it's going to be an exciting matchup for sure in terms of who's going to show up. We're going for the Rams, of course, and Holly's obviously a big Niner fan. So this is our clash of co-hosts and it works out really well for us so we'll we'll see you next week on in terms of who comes out on top uh go horns on my side and obviously you know the scarlet red and gold for her at this point so uh this is it andrea uh douglas comes in what a great book uh black and blue you can pick it up on amazon.com and like i said it's about 18 bucks under 20 bucks it's a really great read and uh, you can go there now if you get Prime, you get it in about two days. You're located on Barnes and Noble, and you can pretty much get it anywhere, just black and blue. But if you get it on Amazon, it's pretty awesome. And then it's in second print, I believe, almost third print, so it's very popular. It's got really good endorsements from Billie Jean King, 
Um, so you go get it and read out. And Andrew's been a great um, person in terms of the sport in women's tackle football in the U.S., as well as an impactful person for the whole sport internationally as well. So hats off to her and everything that she's doing. And enjoying retirement now, of course, like anything else. Um, you guys can check it out and buy it, like I said, at Amazon.com, about 18 bucks. Um, so we're going to be here next week at 294, which should have our co-host back at this point. Uh, but other than that, uh, great uh, show today, NFL, college football, women's tackle football news and notes. we got a lot of events coming up here in November uh, with the WFA as well as the LFL uh, in Mexico. And then we dive into next season, which is obviously 2020 as we kick off that. And, and we talked to Andrew about Transatlantic Tournament coming up in September of next year. It'll be here before we know it, including the 2020 season for the WFA and the WNFC. So keep tabs on that. If you want to go to the sites, WFAProFootball.com, get tryouts nationwide, check the local team, get on board. Um, and then you also go to WNFCFootball.com. Tryouts were nationwide on October 5th. They're always taking players, uh, considering the roster's uh, goal is about 45 in either league. So there's always an opportunity to get on a squad and participate and play women's tackle American football. Um, hats off to everybody in Europe that has helped and supported us and helped us with sales as well. And thank you, everybody in uh, Spain and everybody in Finland and Sweden and the UK. I really appreciate it. Uh, so go to the Zazzle.com forward slash Beauties. Use the code Zazzle. Thanks. Check out all our new gear, all brand new design, everything happening. You can even go to Facebook, Facebook.com forward slash No Joke Football. Check out our new jo uh, No Joke Football athletes, uh, the talented Stacey Jackman and Lalani Lopez, as well as Michelle Marshall, uh, Anna Garza, and a bunch of other athletes, including Sasha Cruz as well. Uh, so check it out and go to uh, facebook.com for slash No Joke Football Brand and get your No Joke Football gear as well and use the code uh, Zazzle. Thanks. Um, if you want to uh, play daily fantasy sports, which we're playing, you can play DraftKings, you can play on FanDuel, you can play on Yahoo, whatever preference you, you can. But if you play with us, it's on FanDuel. We give you $15 to launch it up and get yourself going. 16 weeks of the NFL, opportunity to win some dough and you're able to get hooked up with $15. So go to the Facebook page right now, hook it up, click it. It's a Fandle link, and you get hooked up right there, signed up, and you get $15 to kick off. So we got uh, $0.25 cent plays, dollar plays, $2 plays, up to $9 plays, and big pulls as well. So check out Fandle and go use the code there on the link, and you get $15 to play as well. So um, for the uh, – Andrea Douglas, who came in and made her time for it in a great book. And for the absent co-host here, Oscar Lopez saying we'll be here for 294 as we get ready for the uh, week six, week seven uh, in college football and week six in NFL. And then we'll look forward to the clash on uh, Rams versus Niners for us and a lot of top, top games coming up this weekend. So uh, we'll see, catch you here next week. Check us out on Facebook and on Twitter as well as Instagram. Have a great night, everybody.